0: Devontae Adams and Shailene Woodley have a lot in common in that Aaron Rodgers failed to deliver a ring to both of them this year. And I'm not, listen, I'm not going to do any cheap shots. Shailene kind of felt like family. Okay, now that's it. That's it. We're not going to do cheap shots. I don't want to take shots at Aaron Rodgers. But I did want to bring up Devontae Adams for a reason. And that reason is this. I know a lot of people will be looking at the, the wide receiver class and say, why aren't we going after Devonte Adams. I will say number 1, he is going to be franchise tagged by the Green Bay Packers. They are not letting him go. Number 2, the price tag way too high and Devonte Adams needs to go out there and play for a team that's going to compete for a Super Bowl this season. And even me as the most op- uh, the optimistic Bears fan that I know, I can say we're probably not going to go to the Super Bowl next year. I'm not ruling it out. I wouldn't be upset by it, but I'm saying that Devonte Adams seems a little unrealistic. So instead, what we're going to focus on today is some of the more realistic names of guys the Bears can bring in to play wide receiver this year. And you know what, with that, Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume, up your volume. because you're about to listen to
2: the Sick, Podcast the Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields
0: making magic happen. The sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. And today we have got a great show for you planned uh, from the Windy City FS. It is going to be Adam Rosen to be on in just a couple of minutes to talk about some of the wide receivers and what the Bears are going to do moving forward. And after that, but joining us from the NFL Network in a little bit, uh, Caleb Burton, uh, you might have seen her on the Super Bowl live coverage with me. We'll be talking about the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl parade, and if she's really afraid of Velociraptors. Raptors. We'll get to the bottom of that. But first, I, I want to go back to the wide receiver question, and, and of course, looking at the wide receiver position in free agency. We talked about that a little bit on Tuesday night with Take It to the Rank. We had Jacob Infante with us going over some of the names, and I did want to take a little bit more time going through the list, taking a little bit more of an opportunity. And right now, I would like to introduce a brand new feature. It is called Adam Ranks. And this week, we're going to be ranking the top five realistic wide receivers to target in free agency. I'll spit this out. Don't worry about me. Listen, it's been a long week or two or 12 days, two weeks, whatever it is. And uh, we'll have an animation for this at some point. But without further ado, let's start at number five in a wide receiver that I really like. And that is Auden Tate. And you know what? This is a guy that if the Bears went out there and signed Auden Tate, uh, Twitter would have a field day. People would rip us, be like, oh, you're going to win the Super Bowl now. But I really do believe moves like this are what helps you build out a wide receiver room. Now, Auden Tate is not going to come in. He's not going to dominate. He's not going to be a number one guy. He's not going to lead the NFL with 2,000 receiving yards or anything like that. But he is the kind of player that you bring in on a cost-controlled contract who's got a lot of size, who's got a lot of speed, somebody who can get down the field. His average yards per target are excellent. He is somebody who could be a valuable piece to this wide receiver room. And I think the Bears should take a look at number four. We're going to go, and I told everybody, like, I know this list. I don't need to see this list. I'm assuming it's Christian Kirk. I know that I redid this. I did. I got it. I got it. Listen, I was telling – no, it's DJ Chark. Listen, Sammy, I told you I was so cocky about this. I'm like, I'm not going to forget the list as we're doing it. Uh, Immediately forgot the list. But DJ Chark is something that we talked about on the uh, Take It to the Rank show with Jacob at Bonte. He really loves DJ Chark, and I love him too. And again, he is one of these players who I would put in a similar type of category with Aud and Tate of like somebody who's definitely got the size, who's got the ability. We've seen one great year from him. And again, these are the kind of moves that you can help build out your wide receiver room. You cannot bring in DJ Chark to be your number one guy. And you can't be like, we're signing DJ Chark. That's that and move on. But I do believe that if the price is right and he's coming off an injury as well, He is somebody who could be very valuable to this team moving forward. At number three, we're going to go with Christian Kirk. Now we'll go with Christian Kirk. I really love Christian Kirk, and I liked him coming out of college, thought he was a fantastic prospect. I think in Arizona, he never really did get a, a huge opportunity. But you know what? This season, he did set career highs in receiving yards, yards per target. And again, we're looking for players who can get down the field. Justin Fields is an excellent deep ball passer I think that what we should be looking for guys we should be targeting are the guys who can throw the or who can run those routes get deep we've seen Christian Kirk do that plenty of times I know that he's kind of taken a backseat to DeAndre Hopkins and even AJ Green this year but I think bringing him to the Bears putting him with Darnell Mooney that could be a winning combination at number two I'm gonna go with Michael Gallup And this is going to be a little bit of a risk because there are injury concerns. He's coming off an ACL tear. And honestly, Michael Gallup might be one of the hottest names in free agency if he was coming out completely, fully healthy. And there might be a team like the Kansas City Chiefs that goes out there and overpays that can allow him uh, a couple of months to rehab and get ready, and they're only going to bring him in. It's like, look, your first year, all that matters is the playoffs. I think the Bears need to be in a very similar situation where it's like, look, if you take a risk on Michael Gallup, You have to understand for the first couple of months of the season, he's not really going to be available to you. And that's fine. We're looking at long-term. We're looking at a guy who can absolutely be a game-changer. Now, he's not at the level of Amari Cooper or he's not CeeDee Lamb or somebody like that, but he's very close. And I think given the right situation, Michael Gallup has had to perform in a crowded receiving room and every time that he has been featured, we saw this a couple of times, Andy Dalton really liked him a couple years ago. And I know like we, we shouldn't use Andy Dalton as the one like this is who we're going after. Um, I really do believe that Michael Gallup possesses some of the best talent of this entire free agent class and is somebody who needs to be looked at. And of course, let's move on to number one. And I'm going to say Chris Godwin, which again, This is pie in the sky. I'm hoping that there's going to be a little bit of a discount. I think Chris Godwin, I I know that I labeled this as a realistic countdown, and there's probably some elements to this that is not realistic, but I am such a huge fan of Chris Godwin because outside of all these other players, he is an absolute game changer. He is somebody who can come in there and be a number one guy, an undisputed number one guy who is going to be the focal point of this offense. Obviously, if not for the first couple of months of the season, maybe not even in 2022 altogether. But at some point, he is going to be the receiver that we rely on moving forward. So I would be willing to take the risk on Chris Godwin. I'm sure other people might not be willing to do such a thing. And with that in mind, why don't we bring in uh, from the Windy City FS fan-sided, Adam Rosen is going to be joining us here today. He can make fun of my list. He can harangue me. Listen, I'm, I'm not so fragile that you can't challenge me on any of my picks or anything like that. But first things first, how are you doing, Adam?
2: I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really
0: well. I got your name correct. So I think that's good.
2: We're at a pretty I'd good be, spot. I'd be a little offended if you didn't get my name right, since we have the same name. Man, it would be, Adam it would be a little cool re- name, i a...
0: Yeah, a couple of Adam R's. We're good. We're just Heck we're yeah. just kicking it. What uh what do you think of this list? I'll I'll put you on the spot right now. What do you agree with? What do you not agree with? I will actually say this. Uh here's the list right here. Chris Guywood, Michael Gallup, Christian Kirk, DJ Chark, and Auden Tate. Uh, what stands out to you?
2: So I did not think of the name Auden Tate, but as a freak, this is a weird way to say it, but as a frequent Madden player, I actually do like signing on. I like signing on Tate and Madden because I've always been a fan of a guy of a, a receiver who's tall, who's got big size, and he's six foot five. Yeah. And honestly, he wouldn't be the number one receiver going in right away. I think, like you said, Twitter would have a field day with that, but they have a field day with the Bears all the time. So yeah, who knows? But I like Auden Tate because size, and I know he hasn't played a ton because. One, he was a late he was a late round draft pick. He's been hurt a little bit the last few year, a lot the last few years. He, I believe, he was on the COVID list last year. Yeah. Uh, but I like him because he's again, he has he's six foot five, for a guy who's six five, a four six eight forty yard dash at just combine. Obviously, he could have been faster now, but who knows? I like that a lot in a receiver. I do agree. I do have a, I actually have a couple more guys on the list Joel, only because one of them, I don't know if we, he is technically a free agent, but. I do have Alan Robinson on my list because huh. maybe with a new coaching staff, maybe with a new front office, maybe things changed. Although I know he kind of, turned, he got mad at the fan base. We kind of turned on him because we're Bears fans. We get mad about it a lot. I think we all know when he didn't trust the staff, they kind of schemed him out of the, out of the offense. And I mean, yes, he missed a few games this year, but. He had his lowest targets in, in this in Chicago this year at 66, which is, I believe that's by far his career lowest, except for when he tore his ACL in Jacksonville. And that's another guy, and that brings up my guy, Michael Gallup, who is technically talking to be my number one. He did tear his ACL, but we signed Allen Robinson off of torn ACL, and yeah. we saw what Allen Robinson was able to do. And he's young. He's 26 at the start of the season. He will miss, probably going to miss a few games at the start of the year, maybe not, but... He's really athletic. He's got a good height. He plays at a really good weight, and he gives maybe, if they go out and draft a guy, he could be a number two. He could pre- probably be a number one. I personally don't think Darno Mooney is that number one guy, but he can be a number two, maybe even a slot or three, and he can win a lot of contested balls down the field. I ha- I do have a DJ Chark on my list at three. He's young, been injured most of the season, but he was really good on a really bad Jacksonville team. Like, It was that bad. I mean, Mike Glenn was their quarterback for part of the year last year, I believe. Not this past year, but previous season. They had so many issues. He's also 6'4", so he has a ton of height. And and again, I like good size and a wideout, especially at number one. Number four, I have Mike Williams, which I feel like not a lot of people have talked about because, obviously, he was drafted very high, but... He's coming off of another really breakout year. He performed great with another young quarterback named Justin and Justin (laughs) Herbert. He's actually, I feel like he's been pretty healthy in his career, played most of the games he has. He just hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities. Uh, he's a huge deep ball guy. And in 2019, his yards per catch was 20.4, which is insane. And like DJ Chark, he's got great size and he gets a lot of targets. Last year, he had 129 targets, 76 receptions, 15.1 yards per reception. That's a ton. Uh, and this one's going to be unpopular. I know this is going to get me a lot of hate. I'm going to say Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> because people want to make fun of him because of the TikTok dances, and I get it. It's easy to do that because people can't stand TikTok. I can't either, even though I have one. Um, right. It's but he's actually a really good person. Besides, people want to think he's a bad guy, but he's actually really not. He does a lot of things for the community. I believe he did a. Helped feed a bunch of homeless people during Thanksgiving in Pittsburgh. And when healthy, he's been a stud. I mean, people really thought he was going to be the future's future, the Steelers' future, excuse me. And I think leaving Pittsburgh, maybe that'll help. And he was on a one-year deal, but obviously another guy who has remained struggled to remain healthy, especially in recent years. He missed him a lot of this season. In his career stats, twenty-six touchdowns, about twelve yards per reception. And then my last guy, I do have Christian Kirk on the list as a slot guy, though, not as a number one guy. So they could draft the number one guy early. They need a slot receiver to me. He has, he's been pretty good in Arizona. He hasn't been like exceptionally spectacular, but this year, probably I would say his best season because he got a lot of targets. He had 77 receptions on 103 targets, 982 yards and about 12.8 yards per reception. I really like that as a good height for a slot guy. He's really quick and one of the guys for fields because the Bears need a slot receiver.
0: No, I, I, I I'm in agreement with you in a lot of those positions. A lot of those guys. I will like to touch on Juju for a moment because initially I did have him on my list and I was going back and forth. And really, it came down to uh, the he got bumped because I put Chris Godwin on there, who you left off, which is understandable because again. I, I pose this to you as a realistic observation. And to me, and to a lot of people, Chris Godwin might not be realistic. And I understand that. I think that, that any sane person, if you're like, hey, you can have Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll take them. But is it realistic for the Bears situation? Maybe not. Devontae Adams, hell no. Like, they just won't be. It's not because he's not a great player or anything like that, but that's just not a realistic not, they're situation. They're not going to do it. Yeah, you just couldn't do it. And so... I I like the idea of Juju for a lot of the reasons that you laid out. Number 1, I will vouch for him like this is a great person. Like forget about the dancing, like whatever. Like if you're that old now that you can't relate to these kids on TikTok, that's fine, but don't get mad at them because your parents didn't like a lot of the stuff that you did. You know what I'm saying? Like even like uh I I'm a per- I know he's he's uh he gets vilified a lot uh through the bears Twitter. But like Mike North, like I I kind of like Mike North and I, I don't know, cause he probably reminds me of my uncles and everything. And it's like, I told Mike one time, I'm like, listen, your, your family, your, your elders did not like the stuff that you were doing back when you were young. I know that he's kind of the, he's kind of a little bit older now. Um, so he's in a different, different spot, but I'm like, there was a time when you were that young kid, like people did not approve of what you were doing. You're probably wearing jeans they didn't like or anything like that. So sometimes you just got to let that go. Like, okay, he's going to do TikTok. Yeah. Is he productive on the football field? absolutely he took less money to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers to show his loyalty and that's a move that actually backfired on him that's costing him money he thought he was going to go out there on a prove-it deal and get number one receiver money I like that kind of attitude and I think that Juju has proven to be a good receiver I I cowardly took him out because I put in Godwin that was it I will I will give it so I I don't I don't hate that pick at all Um, and we did talk about this on Tuesday night I like Mike Williams a lot I just don't feel for the money that he's going to command. I think Mike Williams might end up being the highest paid receiver in this free agent class. You talk about a guy who's not coming off an injury. I think that if if Godwin and Gallup were healthy, no doubt about it. If Devontae Adams hit the open market, no doubt about it. But of the guys who are going to be available, not franchise tagged or anything like that, I really do believe that Mike Williams – is going to be the highest-priced highest, highest priced receiver. Somebody's going to pay a lot of money to bring him in. I'm not sure that the Bears are, should be in that market this season. I don't know if we're quite there yet. I wouldn't be upset about it by any stretch of the imagination. I love Mike Williams. Uh, but again, that was my feeling uh, of doing that. I will say this, though. I won't say this. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, you what, what I meant to say. I'm going to ask you a question, though. You did say that you were looking for the Bears – to draft a possible number one wide receiver, the Bears are at thirty nine. Obviously, a lot of people love David Bell at Purdue. We've seen uh, Chris Olaf of Ohio State go, and uh, Chad Reuters mock draft on NFL.com. Where do you have the Bears going, or what direction do you have the Bears going at that number thirty nine pick?
2: Well, it depends. If there, if if David Bell or if somehow Chris Olave is there at thirty nine, they they'll take. I would be shocked if they don't do that because. In a way, you look at Joe Burrow, what he did with Jamar Chase. We all, we all flamed the Bengals for not drafting Panacea. No, man. no, no,
0: no, no, not me. I was on board That's with fair. that. I, you, were, you, you were on
2: board with it. I was like iffy on it because I'm like, how, how is Joe Burrow going to throw to Jamar Chase if he's on the ground? And well, he was on the ground a lot this year, but they made the Super Bowl so and everyone's like well maybe they would have won and i'm like i don't think they get there without jamar chase they don't get so, they absolutely did they not get
0: there chase, if jamar, absolutely without not. jamar chase they don't
2: chase. probably don't make the playoffs without jamar 100%. chase
0: 100%. i agree with all that.
2: but so if you look at that and i think the bears do have a better o line than most people think they still need to draft some guys for the o line but i really love larry Borum that's my Mizzou bias showing in right there. uh he's been he was awesome last year especially when he was on the field. um I am a fan of Chris Olave at 39, if he's there. If not, I think you need to trade down because polls ex- emphasize that the draft is a really great way to build talent, probably the best. Uh, and the best to way to do that is to have a lot of picks, and they don't have a lot of picks because, well, the previous admin, previous uh, leadership in the front office did trade a lot of picks, but it was worth it last year. I'll take Justin Fields. was did to say? it's what I'm wearing right now. Um, I just... I think if there's if they player if it's not a receiver right there, I think you just trade down because they need these stockpile picks because they don't have a lot this year. If they don't have a first. I don't believe they have a fourth. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're. If I look at their picks, they have 39, 71, 147, fifth round. They have two fifth rounds and one sixth round. So it looks like they have six picks or five picks exact total. So
0: I think they need you. to get some picks. I love that, and uh, I love all your insights and everything like that, and I want to tell everybody, if you want to find more of Adam's work, make sure you're following him on Twitter. Where can they follow you on Twitter?
2: They can find me at ARRosen76, so it's just my, fir- my first initial, middle initial, and then my last name, R-O-S-E-N, uh, 76. I don't know why 76 is my favorite number. I think it's because I liked the music, band when I was a kid, and the song 76 Strombones got stuck in my head, so... I don't know why, but that's just a fun number to say for me. But so yes, that is my Twitter. You can follow me there, and I would, I really appreciate it.
0: Well, listen, Adam, I uh, want to thank you for uh, for coming on, making the time for us here today. We will uh, bring you back hopefully in the very near future, and uh, we'll talk about this. A lot of Google, a lot of cool things going on with the Bears. So I appreciate your insights and everything like that. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I Appreciate it. All right, there he goes. The
0: great Adam Rosen, uh, breaking down the wide receiver position for the Bears. Of course, let us know what you think. I know that going with Mike Williams or ignoring Mike Williams is going to be something that people are like, what are you doing? Uh, And I understand that, but I hopefully explain myself a lot. Now we are going to turn our attention to the the broader NFL uh, over the NFL landscape. And before we bring on our next guest, I was wondering, Sammy, do we have a clip of our next guest in action? I mean, we're gonna break this we're gonna break this down a little bit but here is kayla oh kayla kayla burton and i at uh universal studios Hollywood. <laughs> kayla what's going on i'm what sorry I-
1: going on Rank. I man that's a tough clip to watch back that's a tough cl- you were just as scared okay i was well, i was not practical. scared at all what are you
0: how dare you you were frightened
1: you were the thing about when you get scared though, you you have like two expressions. You yeah. either really just your shoulders go up. I noticed this is about you.
0: Oh my your god, you've really stuck. You're breaking down the tape. Okay.
1: I'm breaking down. Your shoulders go up, or you you're stiff. You're just like, yeah. So yeah. that was a real experience for us. But I, man, if I keep rewatching that, I I'm still spooked looking behind me, thinking that what was her name? Blue? Blue,
2: Blue.
0: yeah
1: yeah, we're, we're good with blue. We're
0: good with blue. Blue, yeah, we're good with blue. I don't think I ever need to work with Blue again, but I loved working with you over the uh, the Super Bowl week for uh, Super Bowl live there on the NFL network. It was an absolute yeah. honor and privilege. And uh, I't you know I don't give you an, I didn't give you enough of a proper introduction now. Obviously, Kayla is on the NFL network. She is also a former college basketball star at Lehigh. And I was, I, get, I, was I kinda, get
1: that introduction. Wow, you need to say listen, washed up" now. I, no, I, no, we no. We were hooping the other. You were, you rock. were
0: draining. Okay, listen. This is the thing too. Like we went out to a basketball hoop that's already configured in a square, so you have to make the perfect shot, and it's a, and it's an NBA three. And, and Kayla It was a. Double rim. Out, it was a and double. it's a double rim. Kayla makes two out of her first three shots. I and think, the I guy, think
1: they're lying, but
0: no, no, no. And the kid even said, like, you'll never get a bounce off this rim. Your first shot hits the back of the rim, goes straight up, and goes in. I'm like, that's, that's, a, shooter. that's yeah, a shooter. That's a shooter. I felt like if we would have been out at Venice Beach, we would have taken you out there on the courts. You would have mixed some people up, made them look silly, and uh, we probably could have made a lot of money that way.
1: Now, you know, I pre- listen, I think you're, you're I know you're a good teammate, but let me tell you I'm a, I'm a bit washed up now. I'll still I'll still bring it out occasionally, but they didn't show some of the air balls that I had, but I did. I was probably like two, four, five. I don't know. We didn't, we didn't hit it on air though. We, you know, we tried. No, no one ever really does.
0: Oh no. Well, I wanted you to, I wanted you to be in the meme of the, the reporter that thinks that they've, they've nailed it and then walks away, but they actually miss. And she was like, yes, yes. Yes.
1: And like, so they still though. don't know until after the math. So
0: instead we get the, uh, we get blue, trying to trying to take our heads off as the uh, memeable clip of the Super Bowl.
1: And the thing was people were asking like is how were you really scared like was that a really scary situation? Listen, I've been I'm a spooked individual in general. Yeah. Okay, Adam, you could probably understand that. I mean, yeah. The problem was we knew blue was coming out. Yeah. The issue. We didn't know when blue was yeah. coming out. So to our defense, it made it even more you know, it was a more heightened situation because we we knew it was coming, but we didn't know at the what moment. And I didn't see how big blue was, so there you. Yeah,
0: is. we didn't see. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to see it, and we both we both produced. You know, not to you know take away from Jay and our producer, but we both produced it, saying like we don't want to see the dinosaur, we don't want to know when she's arriving, we just want to be surprised in the moment. And I think it right. worked out. And the clip speaks for itself. Go check that out on Twitter and everything like that. But listen, I'm not here to talk about dinosaurs because in addition to being a former D1 athlete, you also had some experience working with the New England Patriots. You hosted their pregame show. So you know a thing or two about Super Bowls coming from that organization. Your first year with the NFL Network, what did you think about the Rams run to the Super Bowl this season?
1: Man, you know, first of all, out of you would think i obviously, yes, I've worked with the Patriots and know a thing or two about their Super Bowls. But that was my first Super Bowl, literally, with the Rams uh, and the Bengals. Yeah, that was my first Super Bowl. And to be blessed by that at SoFi Stadium just in itself is incredible. Uh, so cool. You know, especially because you go to the, the Ram, I've been to the Rams, I've been to the Chargers, I've been to SoFi Stadium many times this year, but to get the Super Bowl experience – It's unmatched. It it was so neat. Not to mention, you're having the Rams and the Bengals in the Super Bowl, which I don't know how many teams or how many people predicted those two matching up for Super Bowl 56. Let's be real. Who did you have?
0: No. You know what's funny is I pointed this out on Good Morning Football weekend a couple of weeks ago is that even on game day morning, heading into championship Sunday, the only host out of the 30 they had on, which of course didn't include us, but out of the 30, Colleen, Colleen Wolf was the only one who picked the correct matchup. And it's like, there's four teams. There's like three combinations. She Go was the low. only one. So she nailed that. I think a lot of people, you know, were looking in other directions. And I think that it was a very unique Super Bowl. And I think it's also a very unique run up to the Super Bowl because the Rams did it through I don't want to say exclusively free agents. Matthew Stafford, OBJ. uh, We also had uh, Von Miller among other players they brought in. Andrew Whitworth was a free agent at some point, but they also drafted really well. Like Andrew, Aaron Donald's a draft pick of theirs. Cooper Cup is a draft pick of theirs. Do you think that this Rams team is the kind that can have some sustainability uh, similar to the Patriots, which you saw firsthand?
1: I do. And and I don't say that lightly. And and the reason why I say I do is because just seeing the development from start to finish, I Mm. mean, Sean McVay knows what he's doing. And I know that people, you know, that's not anything earth shattering to say, Um, but to not draft a first round pick, to really not be a first round draft pick kind of guy and to, to lean on Matthew Stafford coming from Detroit you know, and he's giving up two first round picks in a, in a third round. And it's like, you know, you're kind of betting your money uh, in the front office on Matthew Stafford who's coming from Detroit. And honestly, in the beginning, beginning of this year, I think a lot of people were questioning Stafford and, and the picks that he was throwing and the consistency, but then you see it evolve. You see Cooper cup, who was just, I mean, we can go on and on about the triple crown winner. Um, But, but the additions to your point, Adam of, Von Miller, Odell. When you know there was a lot of heat when Odell was coming from Cleveland. You know, how is yeah. he? I remember being there. I remember being at the press conference. It was so amazing because Sean McVeigh was at the podium or, you know, during the press conference and we didn't know where Odell was. No one knew at, at that moment uh, where Odell was going to go. And I remember, I want to say it was Jordan uh, who asked, Sean McVay. Cause she's awesome like that. And she's not, yeah. he's like, yeah, what, well, you know, or do you have any interest in Odell? And he was so subtle about it. He goes, you know, we're, we're we'll see. I'll leave that. He, he just kind of brushed it off. Kid you not. I think it was like 10 minutes later, boom, Odell is coming to the Rams. And then the question is, okay, well you have Cooper cup big time receiver. Then you have Odell. How will the two blend and how is this team going to evolve together? And obviously getting Von Miller on the defensive side of stuff is, is huge as well. Um, but to see this team mesh the way they did, that's why I think in the future, they're going to be, I don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, go back to back. I'm, I won't doubt it. Um, the other question is Von Miller, what he's going to do. You know, he does yeah. say he loves LA. He loves the Rams. He loves LA. I just was talking to him yesterday. I say that casually. It was an interview. But
0: uh, <laughs> no, no, this is what well, we brought you on specifically to name drop. You're happy to name <laughs> drop. Yeah, it reminds I me, I will someone. tell you this. I, I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't tell you this, but I remember one thing that George Clooney once told me, and he said, Adam, never name drop. But I ignore that advice all the time. So but please, you talked to Von Miller.
1: I'm already going against George Clooney. Now now I'm on his crap list.
0: That's awesome. I'm kidding. But you talked to Von Miller yesterday. Where, where's his head at?
1: Casually just had a conversation with Von Miller. No, it wasn't casual. Well, his head is, his head is probably sleeping right now because that man is tired, and rightfully so. But he, I, I remember you did say earlier, not to me yesterday, but um, the fact that he loves LA. And he showed that, and he's been showing that. But whether or not he's actually going to be staying here in Los Angeles, is Aaron Donald coming back? We know we saw him. I hope that one more time actually means one more time. We'll see. But, um, you know, the future is bright for the Rams just because... Of not only the, the quality and the depth of players and the talent that they have, but the system that the chemistry that they have. Even just being around their locker room and, and going into their press conferences and talking to them, they they all get along so well. Cooper Cup would stay after. I know Steve Weish pointed this out to me when I was you know following Weish and company. Um, one of my second or whatever first first or second press conferences. Cooper Cup was waiting like this. He had his arms crossed. He was waiting for the press conference to get finished. So he could meet with Stafford and say, All right, you need to break this down to me. How am I supposed to run this route? And those two, that's what they do. They're like the Breakfast Club. I think they eat breakfast yeah. together. I don't know. I could be making that up.
0: But no, you're done. Yeah. That's an absolute <laughs> that's an absolute true statement. Like they did hang out and eat breakfast today, and it became a, a like a running joke throughout the entire season, right, but the obviously paid club. up.
1: We should try that. We'll 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 get there and invite Blue to our breakfast. Yeah, club.
0: we'll be part of the uh, breakfast club. We'll do that. But they, you know what? But the thing is, you talk about the draft picks that the Rams gave up to get Matthew Stafford. I think they gave up draft picks to get rid of Jared Goff. And I think that again, they they kind of it, it kind of strikes itself where a lot of teams will stick with guys like well, Goff got us to the Super Bowl before, and we'll be miserable and it won't work out. The Rams were willing to just let go of a guy who is who is not performing or was not going to ever perform that way again. And, again, it reminds me of the Patriots. And I know we spent a lot of time. Because, to me, I'm like, I don't want the Rams to be good. You know, this is a Bears show. We want the Bears to get to this level. But uh, but it feels like the Rams are going to be one of these teams that stick around for a while.
1: 100%. And it's, um, again, like the faith that Sta- that uh, McVay has in Stafford. I remember, which game was it ranked? Was it – the Niners or the Cardinals, I can't remember, it was, it was a press conference where uh, after the game and McVay goes, if you're not rooting for Stafford, something's wrong with you. Yeah. And that's just, you know, like that's a testament to not only, yes, you can buy into the whole belief system, but the way that they run their offense, and this is just collectively with Odell now joining, Cooper Cup, Stafford, all three of them being in that unit. Now Cam Akers, obviously you got to see him finally – you know, carry the team a little bit towards the end of the season because we didn't see him at all. So to see that carry over, depending on who stays and who goes, I mean, how do you not build off of this?
0: Yeah, and it's something that is uh, a little bit frightening. But at the same time, I think that the Bears (laughs) fans are still, uh, we're a little optimistic. I think one of the things that we're optimistic about is this season, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals were able to turn it around based on their quarterback, Joe Burrow, who played at Ohio State briefly. But like the Bears quarterback um, Justin Fields, also played at Ohio State, also going into his second year. Let's talk first. Though Joe Burrow, how impressed were you by him this season? Because I think the the swag level the swag level off the charts, and his play absolutely backed it up.
1: I was going to say first of all the references to the Bears. I am very impressed. Keep that going. That that's that's loyalty right there.
0: You're you're on the sick podcast. Talking about the Chicago Bears. I got to always, it's always, it's always about always. the Bears. We're, we're singular in focus here. Even but, when uh, we were
1: around Bengals fans, I wasn't sure if you were going to bring up the Bears in some type of capacity, but I was very, very impressed.
0: I kept, listen, I wanted to keep it realistic. You know, I didn't want to take away from their moment. We're, we're sitting there on the Santa Monica Pier in California. It's not the time to be like, "Hey, how about the Bears?" Like, I'll I'll give the I'll give the Bengals their love, and similarly, I'm giving their their love here. Joe Burrow, though, how is like how like I came away absolutely impressed by everything that he did. I know that there's a whole group of like 16 qu- quarterbacks making their who lost their first appearance who never went back. I think Joe Burrow could reverse that trend.
1: I totally agree with you, and not just to agree with you, but I mean the swag we can talk about for days. But honestly, like. What impresses me about Joe Burrow, and this is something that quarterback coach Dan Pitcher said earlier before leading up to the Super Bowl, he said that it's not his even demeanor that impresses him. Obviously, I mean, come on, who doesn't? How do you not get impressed when you have that kind of drip? Yes, that's a word, drip that Joe Burrow has. There we go. Um, But the fact that he was able – To learn, not only learn, but really excel in both systems, stemming back in college at Ohio State and then winning a national championship at LSU. Like that's not it it was Dan Pitcher who said that's not easy to do, you know, and then not to mention two years in the NFL, you're going up against another quarterback who's been in here for 13 seasons and you're in the Super Bowl. So the way that he carries himself, he does not play like a youngster, and you obviously see that, and we know that. But the connection that he has with Jamar Chase, too, and even stemming back to when they first beat the Chiefs, like you know, the he had what over four hundred yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. Like this is a guy who- that was all in the fourth
0: quarter felt like, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It took it took a little bit. What, they were down, like, I think three times a 14-point
0: down. 21-3, yeah, something crazy.
1: It was, but, you know, and if they don't have to dig themselves in that hole early on, think about how much better they can be. Now, the problem I have is the number of times he gets sacked. I mean, we know yeah. that we talk about this, but seriously, what was it? Like, 70, 70 times overall this year, okay? 19 sacks in the postseason. My goodness, can someone put a wall in front of him? Like, yeah. he is getting trucked? So, so just being imagine if he's on his feet more, getting the protection that that O line needs to create for him, and then additionally continuing to do what he has been doing, sky's the limit.
0: No, I agree. And if you look at the last two Super Bowl losers, I think the Kansas City their their loss can be pinned on their offensive line. You know, if that if that offensive line is healthy, they probably end up beating or at least be competitive with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And similarly. The Bengals had a way better chance than the, the Chiefs did two years ago. And, again, it came down to the offensive line. If, if Joe Burrow has the opportunity to connect with Jamar Chase, what could have been a go-ahead touchdown. I say go-ahead because the Rams would have been left with, what, 40 seconds or something. Like, who knows what this season. There could have been three more scores. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I I think the offensive line is important. But, ultimately, you have to have that quarterback. And one of the things I did want to ask you – and. This is not an ambush situation by by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. But I know that you have the you have the listen you have the Patriots background. I'm sure that you're pulling for Mac Jones, even though listen, you're an NFL Network employee now. You are you're, you're not sure if you can show your your Patriots colors or not. I get it. It took me a long time before I could finally be like, listen, I'm a Bears fan. I don't care. I, if, ha- uh,
1: I have to put this shirt away. Oh to, no, no, I c- I can't wear it anymore. And rightfully so. No. No, you can. Just, especially Lean into
0: it. it. When, Who's going to be mad? Listen, <laughs> let me let me ask you a question. You were at the parade yesterday. I've seen on Twitter that the Rams fans were getting maligned because it felt like somebody took a photo from early in the morning and was like, oh, there's no fans here. Settle this for me. Were there actual fans at okay. that Rams round?
1: I appreciate you asking me this question because when I went live, first of all, I'm next to the stereo. So to have an IFB in my yeah. ear trying Not to hear easy. anyone, it was like where, like the Santa Monica Pier with all the Bengals fans. Like it's yeah. almost impossible. So from the non-Bird's Eye perspective, there were fans up against, like there was a gate um, kind of, lead, or the buses would go through this gate. So fans were up against the gate. So from my vision, I'm like, there's a lot of fans here. The Problem is from the drone shot and coming from New England, come on. You know, oh. it, it's it's a bit different. So when I said the fans are packing the area, my area, yes, the area, no, and oh. yeah, you know, and shout out to the Rams, uh, you know, Aaron, just all the players because, um, and I love Cooper Cup with that Kobe jersey. Like how how awesome is that? But um, I was
0: dope. Yeah, I like. i appreciate that. I
1: love that. Uh, but you know what? Like they're. They're just such a collective group and team that they don't even. Would it have been nice to have you know more fans? Obviously, they know that a lot of the fan base in LA is more so towards the Lakers and and stuff like that. But yeah, um, you know, shout out to them because I think if this if they were to have a run it back type of season next year, which who knows you know what that will look like, I, there has to be more fans than that because they deserve it. That that's just insane. It was not it was not as many fans as I thought it was because. From my standpoint, you know, I did see the fans, but from that drone shot, I'm like, "Woo!" It's not like Boston. Like, awesome.
0: That no. was rough. Okay, uh, a lot of it. So, so then, so what are you scared of? You're you're scared of 14 Rams fans getting upset with you for wearing a New England Patriots shirt? You're going to be fine. Uh, what you might, what what where, where, where we might have an issue? Because I will say this: when the bear, when when the Bears win the Super Bowl, that celebration, it's going to be in February. It's going to be cold. It is going to be off the chain. It is going to
1: make. uh, I'm just looking at the timeline.
0: 2023. Listen, in the near future, when that goes on, it's going to make the Cubs celebration look like uh, the Goo Goo Dolls opening a food for less. (laughs) I'll tell you this. But here's what I want to. Here's why I bring up the Patriots. Because, like, obviously, Mac Jones had a great rookie season, made the Pro Bowl. He did the gritty in the Pro Bowl. Like, amazing. I, I love Mac Jones. Yeah. Draft Dr. Phil, who's a friend of the show, loves Mac Jones. A lot of Bears fans have love for Mac Jones. But at some point, we have to realize Justin Fields is our guy, who is my number one guy, who is the guy that I wanted above anybody. Even, like, I know that Trevor Lawrence was not realistic, but, like, Justin Fields was the guy that I wanted. Um, from your perspective, and, again, you're on the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank, a Bears podcast, but listen, don't let this influence Bears. your answer. Where it is? Who now, would you I know. If I who would you know rather have?
1: Frank, I know now.
0: Who did? Listen, who would you rather have? Justin Fields, Mac Jones.
1: I'm gonna say this without. I put that. I threw that shirt away. I came mm. neutral today. I'm not wearing any shirt I'm with NFL Network. I, I don't have any bias to any team. Mac Jones, and I'm not saying that. I know you would assume she covered the Patriots. She was born and raised in the Boston area. Don't be shaking your head over there, Rank. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't have a.
0: You uh, can read this body I'm, language. I'm sure. No, Study I mean, this film of my no, anger.
1: I, but hey, you're, you're getting someone who's honest. We're we're an honest team. We're an honest my squad, right? How do you not not only because he's this. Alabama guy who everyone loves, and he, you know, he can do the gritty, which he did for two seconds, but I still count it as the gritty. It counts. Uh, It it counts. But, I mean, he led the all-rookie, the quarterback rookies, in wins, pass yards, passing touchdowns. Like, he, what, completed, I think it was like 67% of his passes this season, and then they go on a seven-game win streak. The problem was the bye week. That daggone bye week. That, you know, but... To Mac Jones's point, here's here's the thing. You're coming – just painting perspective, keeping perspective here.
0: Okay.
1: The season before, you have Cam Newton, who's also, despite him not having the most stellar season and the Patriots missed the playoffs, that's – behind Tom Brady and then behind Cam Newton, and you're coming in as a rookie into New England? Do you want to talk – we're brutal out in New England. New England – I mean, the the light turns green – in a second, and we're sitting on our horn. Like, we are – we're tough. Oh, my
0: gosh, yes.
1: So the pressure that Mac Jones had to endure going up into it and then being coached by Bill Belichick, which, by the way, I think is a phenomenal combination, and we all know that it is. Those two are, like, blessed for each other. Before Jimmy – or after Jimmy G, I think it's, you know, Mac Jones, who's the next son of yeah. Belichick. But um, honestly, just to – not only his character, I remember Matthew Slater saying – and this is coming from Matthew Slater, you know, the, the veteran, the captain. He doesn't say this lightly, but Matt Jones is in the film room. He's one of the first, last guys out. And he's also a learner, which is what Belichick needs for that offensive group. I think, um, off, you know, he needs more time. He needs more experience. But to be considered a rookie, uh, one of the best rookie candidates in that, in the entire NFL this season, obviously Jamar Chase winning – that one rightfully so right. but uh you know that's a testament i don't i'm not trying to knock on justin Fields. no, hey, no. I,
0: that that's I well that's hurt. well that's the one though no. honestly it's it's the one thing that always irritates me about sports arguments is that you can listen Mac jones is a is a good quarterback who i think is going to be great in the nfl and again coming into last year's draft going on the tape never lies network I was having these conversations of like, if we end up drafting Mac Jones, I am not going to be upset about this. I think he's a good quarterback. I prefer Justin Fields because of his athleticism, his ability to throw the deep ball. Cause I don't think he gets enough credit for that. You know, everybody thinks like how fast he is, but it's like, no, that's just an element of his game. It's not his game. So to speak. So I was okay with it, but the argument, but, but whenever you say something like, Hey, which, which guy do you want? Like, me favoring Justin Fields does not mean that, jo- that that Mac Jones is not good, but that's the way sports arguments are. Like, oh, she so just so she just said, so Kayla Burton just said that Justin Fields is garbage, like that's not what she's I saying. Know, that's I gave her, it's going to come from my account. Um, no, no, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's uh, but the thing of it is, is like both these things can be. You know, true. Like both these quarterbacks can be good. And I hope in the future that it's going to be one of those things where he's like, oh, it's a rivalry. Maybe someday they will match up in the Super Bowl. But I think that you can be happy with your guy. I can be happy with my guy. It's like when be, I was a kid, we
1: can be peaceful.
0: We can be peaceful. Listen, when I was a kid, you know what? And this is this, you might not have heard of either one of these bands. So you might want to go get, they're worth a Google uh, when I give you this analogy. But there were people, their kids who were like, that were Pearl Jam and you were Nirvana. You could like both of them, but you favored one over the other. I was a Pearl Jam kid. And so, which is weird now, because I love Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters, different element, but you know what I'm saying? That like, that's, you You kind of came into this thing like you're one of the other, both can be good. Like I didn't hate Nirvana. I didn't think Nirvana was a bad band or anything, but it's like, I like, if you're giving me one CD, and this is back in the day, we used to have these silver discs that you used to put like, you used to put like yeah, right near your. So
1: I'm 26 years old, but damn I'm not like four. I'm not 12.
0: I know, but, but I
1: guess to your point, it's like what Drake and Lil Wayne. We could, we could, yeah. You know, Generation speaking. Actually, it's probably a bad comparison. But I'm with you. Continue.
0: No, no, no. But I'm saying like a lot of things, like the Super Bowl halftime show. You can like Drake. You can like Snoop. You prefer one of the other. who is who would you if you had to choose one to get to ride shotgun? One one guy gets <laughs> to ride shotgun. Are who who would- is it? Who is it? Who is it? They're like, but It doesn't mean you don't like that person. Right. Uh, sometimes it does. But in any event, I think that uh, I like both of them. I th- Hopefully, for me, and like this is the, the God's honest truth, I hope that they're both way better than Trey Lance. So we can look back and laugh at the 49ers. Be like, first of all, I'm still upset from the Mitch Trubisky thing. So I've still got a little bit of resentment towards the 49ers. But I really do believe at some point, uh, I would love to see them just be like, "Hey guys, sorry, uh, you you took Trey Lance when you could have had Mac Jones or Justin Fields, as both those guys are dominating." That's my sincere hope. I will take Justin Fields still, even though his rookie season was not as good as Mac Jones. I can admit that. But I'm he not has a lo- the
1: weapons. Mac, jo- to your point, I will back you up here. Mac Jones, I think, has more weapons around him, offensively, defensively. I mean, J.C. Jackson, we don't know what his situation is, and that's going to be really telling. Uh, for this offseason. But even just the weapons entirely around him, I don't think Justin Fields has a, a enough ve- veteran players, but also yeah. guys that really, you know, back him up, so to speak. Whereas Mac Jones, like, you're able to take some of the pressure off of him. Like, Justin Fields was sprinting in and out of the pocket every other second. It was chaotic, honestly. And you you have to – it's more of the offensive group, but here's the problem with the pick. I wouldn't say problem, but what's what everyone's going to be eyeing is who is Mac Jones now without with a new offensive coordinator? You know, Joshua right. Daniels, he's gone. So who's developing him? Because Mac Jones needs that development, even though, and you know, Brian Hoyer. no, I'm not attesting that. I'll leave that there, but that's fine. Brian Hoyer still has that almost, he's almost like a second coach to Jones.
0: 100%. We love Brian, Brian. Hoyer. Listen, nobody's going to say a bad word about Brian Hoyer here. No. So you're, I I agree with that.
1: And I love that. I think there's a reason why he's kept on that team. He needs to be that development, developmental guy for Jones, but it is going to be interesting to see. Okay. And I think Mac Jones is good enough to blend with uh, any offensive coordinator that comes in and even Joe judge returning to the Pats, you know, as a, their offensive assistant, but it is going to be interesting to see how Mac develops into the second season, but I do think uh, the ceiling is high just based off of his confidence level. You could even see—I remember the first press conference that he had; it, it, it was—he was smiling all the time. He was the perfect quarterback that was, you know, answering the "It's my fault," "We got to do better," "I got to do better," "It's on me." But he has a swag to him. You saw him in the gritty, but even like throughout this season, I think once he started to get going and then they won those seven straight games before their bye week and uh, taking that brutal loss to the Colts. But I think that he's really developed that confidence that he needed. And now going into this next season, uh, it's going to be pretty solid coming from him.
0: He really does feel like a quarterback that's going to be able to weather that challenge, you know, coming in from Alabama, having all the success that he's had throughout his career. And really, you know, and it goes back to like when you're talking about Mac Jones and you think about, you know, he came into a stable situation. He had Josh McDaniels there as his offensive coordinator. The Patriots moved quickly to get rid of Cam Newton to make sure that he wasn't a distraction so that people, you know, you're not flip-flopping between the two. They made a commitment to Mac Jones. They went out there. They signed a lot of offensive talent, including Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry. The tight end from Tennessee, whose name is, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now, but they went out there and made an investment around him. Compare that to the Chicago Bears, who didn't let Justin Fields take first team reps. They kept Andy Dalton around. Uh, They didn't feature Allen Robinson and seemed to scheme him out of the building. And to me, it just is, you know, it's not comparable situations in a way. I do hope that this year with this new organization in Chicago, they put the investment, and in it sounds like they're 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 saying all the right things. And we'll see as free agency uh, approaches here in a couple of weeks, like how much worth the, when they start putting their money to the, where their mouth is. Uh, so I think that both the again, both these guys can be good.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. The, but it is you know free agency is just around the corner, and that's also going to affect the Pats because J.C. Jackson, like if he's out, that's that's a problem for the Patriots. They already lost Stephon Gilmore. J.C. Jackson, I think, had seven. He had seventeen intercept interceptions in the past two seasons combined, and now you have very limited cap space. What I think, a little over seven mil. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, not not to mention too. J.C. Jackson was offered an extension midway through this past season and rejected it. I think he does love New England, but he knows on the market he's one of the he's the best cornerback right now. So for how
0: how do you think he uh, do you think he likes Chicago? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't. I,
0: I don't know. I mean, like, hey, there's we got some money to spend. Like, do you want to come? And uh, so, you know. So
1: if he does, are you going to be the one going into the office and oh, pleading for that?
0: I will be a pill if that happens. <laughs> I think that that's. I think that's a great option. It is, and it's it's curious, It'll be interesting to see the, the, the direction the Chicago Bears take as they're starting to build this team. Because I truly believe that your two most necessary things to do is to get the offensive line sorted to get your wide receiver room sorted and earlier in the show we went over a top five list of guys we could go after and i think that watching eli apple play in the super bowl i think like that ah, defense might not be as important i mean it's important uh you can't let it be eli apple bad but at the same time like you can still get there if your offense is pretty good so hopefully hey,
1: Rank, you know what i think i, I think if what. you were to go to chick-fil-a or whatever type of restaurant, and you were to be talking about your favorite movie, you'd still find a way to say, but you know what? You know what I think about the Ch- Chicago Bears? I think-
0: <laughs> this, this is a Chicago Bears show. This isn't like when I'm on total access- No, but
1: that show, even off the show, you're still, I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed how you're able to parallel anything to the Bears. Oh. Like, that's, a, that's impressive.
0: If it's not Bears, it's professional wrestling or it's Ocean's Eleven, or it's my terrible taste in music, outdated taste in music i should say not terrible i enjoy I'll my get, taste music. i'll get music.
1: you right we'll, we'll hook it up with the music i got some good jams
0: all right i will look forward to that and kayla i hope that we will continue to do some more stuff in the future if you don't mind i would like to have you back at some other point during the off season to, to talk about free agency when that starts unfolding and everything but where can the fans find you on the social media channels and of course on nfl network
1: Rank, first and foremost, I appreciate you. By the way, I we talked about this earlier. I will call you Adam, and I call you Rank. So if I go yeah. back and forth, it's just it's my fine.
0: Name. I got you.
1: Um, where you can find me? Listen, <laughs> I laugh because all right, I'm just gonna say it. my Twitter handle is k k a y underscore breezy22. Now, when I entered the television industry, I almost,
0: I almost didn't follow you because of that name. I was like, do I really?
1: Do you know it was my eighth grade boyfriend? Yes. Whatever that was And an eighth grade boyfriend and the way he would flirt would be, t- I would be uh, rapping or whatever I would attempt to. Yeah. He, he was, he was this, I don't know where he's at now, but I hope that he's rapping. Cause he started it back then. Anyway, yeah. he was like, you need, um, you need a rap name. And he goes, "K breezy. And I go, I like it. So when I got to my old television station, it's very, it's very interesting when the lower third or the Twitter handle, yeah. you, you're you're taking me seriously, and then it says K Breezy. I'm like, you know what? But it's stuck, so I'm just gonna keep it. So yes, keep you can it. find me at KBreezy22. Breezy22.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it, and we will uh, see you very soon here uh, on this show. And of course, hopefully, we can connect and do some more stuff for the NFL Network, NFL Media Group. But uh, thank you very much for being here.
1: Adam, thank you. Everybody, appreciate you watching. And I guess I'll say it once, but. Go Bears!
0: There it is, Bear Down. And there she goes, the great Kayla Burton. And, of course, you can check her out on Twitter. Kay Breezy, 22, there's an underscore in there. want to thank everybody uh, for joining the show here today. Adam Rosen, of course. Kayla, Uh, thanks to everybody who's liked and subscribed to the podcast. Continue to do that stuff. Spread the word. Trying to expand our horizons a little bit. But you know what? I thought it was important to talk about the Super Bowl that just happened. Of course, that is our aspiration at some point to get the Bears to a Super Bowl. And we will have more fans at our parade than the Rams did this week. So you know what? Keep the faith. And uh, until Tuesday night, when we bring you back for another Take It to the Rank, I'm going to say this once, bear down. Sammy, play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.